Hello, welcome to March, and thank you for tuning in to the Cotton Candy Clouds podcast. Song of the day is Something to Talk About by Bonnie Ray. So let's give them something to talk about for March. It's March in this thing. We we made it. We're here the third month of the of the year. Happy Women's History Month and happy International Women's Day. You know a woman, right? You came out of a woman probably, right? So happy Women's History Month. Um, As a black woman Southern, I like to think of Women's History Month as an extended, extendo of Black History Month. For me, that's what I be doing, you know, because of uh, all the things that black women have done in history, nationally and internationally. And so, you know, that's what I'm going to highlight. Hopefully you're following the socials for the podcast so you'll you know see some posts some quotes some facts and different things but that's how I usually celebrate women's history month and it's always good to know a little history you know me I love a little history right so word of the day is portend I like this word because we know about the word pretend but rarely do we ever use the word portend p-o-r-t-e-n-d which is a transitive verb, and it means to give an omen or anticipatory sign of, indicate, or signify. An example sentence would be, Sing 11-11 portends good luck to make a wish. I like that. Portend. Quote of the day is, Music does a lot of things for a lot of people. It's transporting for sure. It can take you right back, years back, to the very certain moment things happened in your life. It's uplifting, it's encouraging, it's strengthening. That is a quote by the, none other than the, Aretha Franklin. You know, obviously Aretha Franklin, may she rest peacefully, is an icon. I mean... We get that, right? But when I was younger, I think I made a closer connection to her because um, I believe she was one of the, like, I was in dance like many girls around the world when I was younger and they would choose a theme, like it would either be like a gospel theme or it would be a particular singer. And I think one year they chose, if I'm not mistaken, Aretha Franklin, right? So my tap song <laughs> was Aretha Franklin. And so, and I always loved tap, even though, you know, the instructor gave me hell or whatever, but that's beside the point. I think, you know, sometimes we have these attachments to people, places, and things because it's nostalgic, you know, and it brings us back to good memories or memories of not only goodness, but growth and change, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going on on a tangent, as I do, as we've come to conclusion. But so Aretha Franklin for for that, for me, was that, right? But then, of course, she's Aretha Franklin. She's the, uh, uh, what do they say, the the queen of soul. She's an icon in general. She's a civil rights activist. A lot of people don't know that. But in just in her ways of going about things, being outspoken, being cool, calm, and collected, you know, not doing things. Her whole story is 
it's just so intriguing, interesting, and for her to have gone through everything she's gone through, you know, I mean, it's a lot. She lived a long life to me, and I will forever be grateful that, you know, I was alive when she was alive, you know what I'm saying, at least. But so <laughs> I'm saying all this to say, you know, it's Women History, Women's History Month, and let's celebrate that and you know like I said before I it's you know for me women history women's history month goodness is always an extension of black history month I'm just focusing on black women you know and I'll do of course I'll throw some other folks in there but black women have done so much they're so impactful here we are to my point right so Nessum Dorma is a famous opera number I don't know the history behind it or whatever, but Lucian, and I don't know his last name. Is it just Lucian? Anyway, this famous opera, how do you say that? Opera, opera, opera singer sings this. It's his thing. It's his jam. He's known for it, right? So Aretha Franklin, he's sick one day, one night. I think he had a sore throat or something. Aretha Franklin apparently has sung had sung it prior. And again, this is an opera piece, y'all. This is Aretha Franklin. She's known for soul, R&B, blues, etc. Originally gospel, right? That's where her roots are. So she fills in because she's loved by all, of course, in the music community. Because she's just somebody who can just sing. You know what I'm saying? They're, I don't know if they make them now. But there used to be singers like Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, you know, they on the side of the street and it's just like, you know, saying something and they can just sing or whatever, right? So she fills in for Lucian and she sings Nessum Dorma. And it's it, the reason why I love this piece is because, and this piece has gone on, you know, she's performed it before i mean excuse me she performed it after this many times and then she they also i think you can even go on itunes i think or apple don't even call it itunes no more apple music you know i'm old lord apple music and i think you can even find the clip or whatever anyway so she fills in for him what i love about aretha franklin's nesendorma is version is that it's not opera it's not aretha franklin singing opera in operatic in an operatic voice singing Nessam Dorma. You know what I'm saying? It's Aretha Franklin as Aretha Franklin singing Nessam Dorma. And it's just like, I remember the first time, I don't know if it was Vine. I'm trying to figure out what even, how did I even discover this clip? I could have just been on like a little road. You know how you go on YouTube and you know, it just gets crazy. You go from cat videos to your favorite book when you were five to you know aretha franklin's mess some door i guess i don't know but anyway i discovered a video years ago and i remember the first time i saw it i first of all cry every time i see it or listen to it rather and see it hell i cry but i'm just like bro like i kept watching it i mean to the point where i had to stop i mean i don't know it's just something about it it's just something about her and her version of this opera singing because she's not singing in, again, an operatic voice. It's just Aretha Franklin singing in that soulful voice, adding extra twangs. You know how black singers do, Lord. She's doing that. You know, it's not because opera's very serious. That's a very serious 
way of singing or type of singing and people the opera singers take it very seriously but it's just her i mean we love a good rendition right and she just puts her thing on it she puts her aretha franklin thing on it and i just need other people to know i need people to understand you know and every now and again it'll pop out on the internet and i mean this is old this is from the 90s y'all and i mean it could be literally 90 but i just you know i'm like y'all got to listen to it so Whenever you get a chance, I'm, of course, you should be following the Cotton Candy Clouds podcast on Twitter or Facebook. And I definitely, if I can find a clip, show it to you. Because sometimes, you know, on YouTube, like, because things are illegal and copyright laws and all this woo-woo crap, they'll, you know, it hops around, like, clips of different things that hops around. Because I don't say this clip. I've Every clip I come across, I try to save it. So... Because sometimes it'll just literally disappear off the face of the earth. But if I'm not mistaken, again, I will see if it's on Apple Music. Because if whatever it's on, I'm going to post it on Twitter and Facebook. Cotton Candy Cloud Podcast account, okay? So find that, do that. <laughs> and <laughs> just remember, Nessam Dorma, Aretha Franklin. I love that the whole theory around human design is going to become one of my new fixations. I don't really like to use the word obsession because truly I can never really be obsessed with one thing or many things because I have this thing where I kind of like to tittle and tee in different areas. So I've learned so much from this human design thing. And I think for me, it's kind of because, well, let me just finish this statement. <laughs> I think for me, it's basically answered a few questions. It's given me some reasonings behind some things. It's brought my curiosity out about some parts of me that I was wanting to uh, lie dormant. And I'm kind of happy about it. I mean, I've always been the kind of person who's loved a good Quizlet, a good personality test. Um, I love astrology. I don't really know what it, what it is that I've learned about myself sometimes, but it's nice to put words to things. You know, I'm a good lover of a word or a sucker for words, right? So I learned that I was a projector and I'm an emotional projector. And it just really solidified why I've considered, always considered myself moody. And that actually it's not necessarily moodiness, but it's the need to explore an emotion and you know as you when you're young being emotional having emotional outbursts things like that of course you learn like ooh, don't do that because you're now the child who is treated as an emotional child right but it's as you get older you learn to articulate your emotions better you learn to explore your emotions better and it just it really confirmed the need and the realization that I've already had prior to even knowing about what human design was that I need to do that for myself. Like, yes, I can be angry and I don't need to have an outburst of my anger, but I need to explore why I'm angry. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I've learned over the years, probably about four or five years ago, you know, how I'm supposed to internalize rejection, right? That rejection is redirection and a time for reflection. You know what I'm saying? I love a good rhyme scheme, right? So I'm learning these things and I'm like about rejection and I'm like, okay, 
as I learned about human design, apparently I'm supposed to be invited to uh, work or invited to do things, right? That's my power as a projector. And so, or that's when I flourish as a, as a projector. And so I'm learning like, okay, maybe the times where I was trying to go after people, places, and things and say certain things towards people, places, and things and suggest things to people, places, and things. Instead, I have to wait. And so now my internalization of rejection is clear. And of course, I've already kind of healed from the rejection stage of life, but it just really solidified. I mean, I'm telling you, some of these personality tests, they're so juicy. They're so good. Yes, you'll still be lost, but you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to be able to synthesize the 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 information and analyze the information you get, not to necessarily, necessarily like tell you who you are as a person, but say, okay, you know how you, what you are as a person or who you are as a person. Here's some tips about it, or here's a better explanation of why you're doing this and that. I mean, y'all got to get into it. Y'all got to get into it. You know what I'm saying? So human design is a new age pseudo scientific practice that is composed of different ancient uh, philosophies and it centers around five different energy types, right? So we talked about the chakras. Well, that's kind of incorporated in it. You have the manifestors, the generators, the manifesting generators, the projectors, which is what I am, and the reflectors. And it was originated by this dude who had like a pseudonym. And um, he has a book a book published called The Human Design System. And I'm going to post on Twitter and Facebook. You should be following those or at least looking at them or something while you're listening. Or maybe not if you're listening but you know once you get done listening to the pod i'm gonna post a free uh tester or whatever that you can take and i'm gonna post some other ones too like maybe the uh, myers-briggs one and uh the enneagram one um but i believe that these different things are good just to like i said get a better understanding about who you are they don't tell you who you are Nothing will tell you who you are. You know who you are. And hopefully you're going through life learning who you be. So these these little, um, I don't I like to call them tests, but these little personality things, uh, personality questionnaires, they, they basically just lead you to better understanding. So make sure you are following the Cotton Candy Clouds pod on Twitter, on Facebook. And if you're not following, follow but if you don't want to follow, that's okay. But just go on there and I'm going to post some because I really want y'all to look into this. Like, you know, just to learn yourself. I'm all about learning who you are so you can exist better. So you can be better. Be a better version of yourself. Did you know in the Bible's Old Testament, women used myrrh for beautification? Did you know that myrrh is used to induce or stimulate menstrual cycle? Did you know that myrrh is incense of the month? For five millennia, myrrh has been used as an incense to cleanse living spaces as well as spiritual spaces and ceremonies, purify embodiment, especially for women, and stimulate 
anointing and healing. If you can, myrrh is a common used incense. The common used, I don't even know what you call that, but it's just commonly used um, internationally. But if you can find myrrh, get it and burn it and do that for your spaces this March and for the rest of 2023. You know, like I've said before, my favorite brand of incense is Hem, H-E-M. You can find it on Amazon or you can, I mean, honestly, just use Google and you can, it'll take you as far as you need to go in, in terms of purchasing, but him, myrrh, get you some. So I did want to share with y'all something really interesting. I thought it was very cool, interesting, and it is about, it's an article on Krishna.com about onions and garlic more, more specifically garlic and the Arthur is talking about how they don't eat garlic because according to Ayurveda which is India's medical science foods are grouped in three categories and onions and garlic and other alacious plants which I think include like chives um, they increase passion ignorance. And I thought that was very interesting. I know a lot of, I know, first of all, that, you know, onions, especially garlic, though, more than anything is very heavily put into dishes, food dishes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we even have the garlic tablets that they say help with cardiovascular disease and bodily health and everything and I just think it's interesting because there could be something to this so the article is really long I'm trying to find some parts that really stuck out to me um you know they were saying like I was just saying in western medicine alliums which is a part of the onion garlic community whatever is supposed to help with cardiovascular well help with cardiovascular development what's the word they said but it's also said and oh <laughs> i'm jumping over the place but garlic is also garlic in particular is supposed to kill bacteria but apparently it can also kill good bacteria and there is also a part that talks about how the roman poet horace wrote about garlic and he said that it's more harmful than hemlock and if you don't know what hemlock is it's a poisonous plant that was used as poison way way back in the day and also on a spiritual aspect of course um on a spiritual aspect it's supposed be apparently garlic is a natural aphrodisiac. And I didn't I didn't know that, Lord. And so Ayurveda suggests that it's a tonic for loss of sexual power. From any case, sexual debility, impotency from overindulgence in sex, and nervous exhaustion from dissipating sexual sexual habits. 
It is said to be especially useful to old men of high nervous tension and diminishing sexual power. Is that wild? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And who knows? It really, it, my thing is I'm open. You know what I'm saying? It could be something to it. Now, I know I never ate onions for a long time. And I probably, you know, I I was feeling a little bit better. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I like juicy stuff like this. The Taoists even realized thousands of years ago that the plant of the Aliacious family were detrimental to humans in their healthy state. It's it's said that um, these vegetables have a detrimental effect on the following five organs, liver, spleen, lungs, kidneys, and heart, especially, specifically, Onions are harmful to the lungs, garlic to the heart, leeks to the spleen, chives to the liver, and spring onions to the kidneys, which is sad because I love chives, but I need my liver. You know what I'm saying? This is deep. That's what the Taoists believe. Okay? And then Ayurveda also says, as well as producing offensive breath and bodily odor, which we know those things to do. They can induce aggravation, agitation, anxiety, and aggression. Thus, they are harmful physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And then it says back in the 1980s, Dr. Robert C. Beck conducted research on the human brain function and found that garlic has a detrimental effect on the brain. And he found that in fact, garlic is toxic to humans because its sulfone hydroxyl ions penetrate the blood-brain barrier and are poisonous to brain cells, which is crazy because if you know anything about Western medicine or Western food culture or whatever, it's said to that garlic is supposed to thin the blood. Now, that's interesting because I know that garlic is said to also do too much blood thinning and that you're not even supposed to take garlic or eat garlic rather when you're like on a blood pressure medicine or something. So, you know, it's listen, the hey now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's good. This article was so juicy. You know, once again, scouring the internet looking for one thing and you find 50 other things. And I just saw something that said, why no garlic and onions? And I'm like, whoa, why no garlic and onions? But this is what the article's all about. The same dude, Dr. Beck, explained. That as far back as the 1950s, it is known that garlic reduced reaction time by two to three times when consumed by pilots taking flight tests. This is because the toxic effects of garlic desynchronized brainwaves. <laughs> Wait. I mean, honestly. The flight surgeon would come around every month and remind all of us, don't you dare touch any garlic 72 hours before you fly one of our planes because it'll double or triple your reaction time. You're three times slower than you would be if you'd not had a few drops of garlic. Excuse me? For precisely the same reason, the garlic family of plants has also been widely recognized by being harmful to dogs. Wow. Even when garlic is used as food in Chinese culture, it is considered harmful to the stomach, liver, and eyes and a cause of dizziness and scattered energy. 
when consumed in immoderate amounts. This is deep. And I mean, there's sometimes I've eaten something that was so garlicky. You know, it had the minced garlic. You could tell it had powdered garlic. I mean, who knows? You know, in, in this article, honestly reminds me that, you know, whenever you're feeling weird in your body, always, always, always start making a note of what you're eating and then taking things out of your regular diet to see what's what. Because, wow. And I mean, I need to do this myself just to see because it could really be something to it. And I just, I'm one of those things, you know, I don't knock things until I try. This is, it wouldn't be harmful of me to take out garlic or onions or anything in the aliaceous family, which I learned a new word. We we learned a new word, aliaceous family. Um, The family of the onion, basically. Wow. And he, okay, this article is pretty long and I'm still reading it. Okay, so it says Reiki practitioners, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right now. I apologize if anybody's listening. Like, she's butchering the words. I am, and I'm so sorry, Lord. The Reiki practitioners explain that garlic and onions are among the first substances to be expelled from a person's system along with tobacco, alcohol, and pharmaceutical medications. Whoa, this makes it apparent that aliaceous plants have a negative effect on the human body and should be avoided for health reasons. Whoa, that's scary. Okay, I didn't even see this part of the article, Lord. Homeopathic medicine comes to the same conclusion. Wait a minute, Lord, not the homeopathic. That's my kind of thing right now. When it recognizes that the red onion produces a dry cough, watery eyes, sneezy, runny nose, and other cold-related cold related symptoms. My goodness. When consumed, now I just thought that was because it's the onion and they make you cry. But what if that reaction is your body saying, hey, don't eat me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I heard something like that. What was, oh man, let me not even think about it because it's been a minute. But um, I don't know. I think it was like two years ago. This is when I first got on TikTok and it was a couple of it was this person, this person talking about how some fruits will, the reason why you're having a reaction to them is because they're literally like, please don't eat me. Oh, I wish I could find that. But (laughs) probably that's why you doing all that with the onion, Lord. Wow. This is a nice article. Please, you know, I always say, follow me on, or follow the podcast rather on Twitter, follow the podcast on Facebook, but really, so that you can get access to these juicy articles that I find. Because I promise you, you know, I just didn't know it was that serious. And I'm trying to see some On a more serious note, though, I don't know if you guys heard, but Ohio has had another train derailment. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really nuts. In Springfield, Ohio... Saturday evening, 28 cars sliding diagonally across the tracks. It didn't enter anybody. The officials, now the officials are saying there's no risk to the public at all. There's, because apparently there, um, it wasn't carrying toxic materials in this incident. And it doesn't pose a threat to the community. Now, now, if I remember correctly, 
because it was Saturday. And I remember Sunday is when I saw the article. I mean, I saw someone on Twitter once again talking about it. And I thought that the I thought when it happened, they were saying, everybody's saying you're home. You know, we don't know what's going on. Now, maybe it moved, it changed. Maybe it changed. I mean, it is the next week, you know, it's, it's Wednesday. So, <laughs> but I'm just like, come on, bro. Something's going on. Now, you know, my conspiracy theory that I said, I think it was last week. I'm like, is it, you know, the environmental terrorism situation going on? The internet aka twitter.com says it's because of the labor issues with overworking the people now if i'm doing math in my head what i'm more so looking at is if it's a issue of labor what is how you know what i'm saying like is it because are they being derailed because someone didn't turn the the rail to the side and and they were overworked and tired or they're not no one's really explained that to me but i mean it's just and you know we already know based off what i also research which is there are thousands of train derailments every year that we don't hear about why are we hearing about this one i don't know it's 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 just strange to me it's weird you know no offense to anybody from ohio who's listening but Ohio is already just a strange place to me. It has very strange people that come from it. So I don't know, you know, and it's just I I really just don't want it to happen because of number one, of you know, like I said before, if you listen to even listen to the last episode, the, the environmental problems with that not even the immediate environmental problems, but the, the long term ones. You know, what happens to the air five years down the line, the soil five years down the line, the water five years down the line, but also the people, you know, they're being all discombobulating the things. What if, you know, for the one that happened in East Palestine, what if they got to move and remember, even though this is the second derailment, remember the other explosion that happened at the factory in Ohio with the metals and things and that was actually toxic so it's just like i don't know that's kind of weird and i don't like it and i hope the people of ohio are are okay crystal of the month hopefully we can protect ourselves with the crystal tiger's eye for the peoples tiger's eye is actually a stone and it's supposed to be a protective Stone, just like amethyst and red jasper two stones we've talked about previously so with it being a protective stone it's supposed to be energy boosting encourage motivation and improve decision making and i think i have tiger's eye and i think it is i really do um it definitely gives off a clearing it gives you an energy boost it gives you What's the, I don't want to say energy boost because I just said it's energy boosting, but you just feel like you can do some things. You can accomplish some things. You are clearer minded when it's around. So 
I think the best place to put if you get tiger's eye as a stone is to put it like in your home office or at your job. You know what I'm saying? So it can kind of be cooperative with you trying to improve your work day or your just day of making some moves or making a list. You know, we love a good list at on the Cotton Candy Cloud podcast. Okay, so lastly, it's Women History Month and we got the book of the month. Book of the month is one of my favorite books of all time. It is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. I'm kind of sad because I can't even find my copy, but that's neither here nor there. Now, Jane Eyre was published under the the Charlotte Bronte published Jane Eyre under another name, her pen name, Courier Courier Bell, and that was in 1847. That was a long time ago because let me tell you, 1847, honey, the slaves were not free in America. You know what I'm saying? Like, woo. But anyway, she read, she published this book then. And the book revolutionized prose fiction, which is, and I'm reading this from a site because I didn't know that was what. I love prose fiction. I didn't even know that's what I what it was called, but I love prose fiction. This is why I love Jane Eyre. But she, the novel itself, um, revolutionized prose fiction by being the first to focus on its propagandist. Propagandist. My goodness. Yeah. Propaganda for falling in love with some booty heads. Okay. <laughs> if you read it, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, woo. The novel revolutionized prose fiction by being the first to focus on its protagonist's moral and spiritual development through an intimate first-person narrative where actions and events are colored by a psychological intensity. And when I tell you, they damn sure describe that correctly. Listen, you know, I'm one of those people I feel like all... I feel like where you're at in life does determine whether how you consider what you're reading. But I'm just saying, I think men and women should read Jane Eyre. I just do. I just do. I don't know what the hell Charlotte Bronte was doing, what she was on, drinking, eating. She damn sure must have probably wasn't eating garlic if we going to keep it a buck because... The way she writes the novel is wonderful. I mean, it's really, she just really, it's like you're a, you're a fly on the wall. Then you're, you're Jane. Then you're, oh, it's just, you know, we'll get into it. <laughs> just, just know that book of the month for the Cotton Candy Clouds podcast is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Okay. Y'all have a good day. Y'all have a good week. It's March up in this thing. Make the best of even the darkest hours of your life and continue to be great because I know you are. And always remember to take naps, even as an adult. Thank you for listening. It's Fee. I'm so glad you're here with me.